Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Mike Simpson. He is co-founder and CEO of Omora. We're going to talk to him about what's going on in the technology of vaporization and the whole heat, not burn movement. We're going to talk a little bit about kind of the context of it. We're going to talk about where the technology is, really where the market is going. I think this is a fascinating space for cannabis. And uh, it is one of many sort of technology trends that is kind of shaping the market, shaping consumer demand, shaping technology. And we're going to hit on all those today and really kind of learn more and, and what they're doing and some of the interesting innovation and opportunities they've created for cannabis users. With that, Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So before we kind of dig into what's going on today with the company and, and the heat not burn kind of trends in the market, I would love to kind of get a sense of your background. How did you get into this professionally? What were you doing before cannabis? Give us a little bit of the backstory. Thanks, Bruce. I'll try not to go too far back. I often do. I'm educated in design, industrial design. Uh, I have a couple of degrees in industrial design and advanced digital design. I started working with Lego toys. That took me to Tokyo, 
Uh, I designed Lego's number one brand from Tokyo, which was called Exo Force at the time. Nice. And yeah. then uh, I, I transitioned. I left. I left Lego a couple of years after moving to Tokyo, and I started working with uh, British American Tobacco. In the uh, obviously as a big tobacco client. Yeah. This is obviously the start of my heat not burn story. Um, I was responsible for for creating and developing IP around new technologies, specifically in the, the space of heat not burn. I actually worked on a project with um, the, uh, the the late great Sid Mead um, about the future. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. I'd worked with Sid in my Lego days previously. And on behalf of Big Tobacco, they inquired if I knew um, of any science fiction writers uh, because they were interested in basically what the future of tobacco could be. And I said I'd worked with Bruce previously, so we worked on depicting the future of tobacco and all of the scenarios we came up with. And Bruce painted these fabulous gouache images of these scenarios were all about vaporization, essentially. So, you know, we were really really ahead of the curve at that particular time, and I spent yeah. years working on what I call stepping stone technologies and projects in order to kind of pave the way and looking at potential products that could, you know, be a part of this uh, harm reduction future, most of which were about vaporization and many of which were about heat, not burn. And then... Um, about eight years ago, I moved to California and I was researching the cannabis industry on behalf of Big Tobacco as well. And just learning all about uh, basically how the efficacy of the plant really and uh, how incredible it was. I hadn't realized that so much before I moved here. But after studying it for a few years, I realized quite how good uh, cannabis was, you know, as a, as a medicine and specifically the benefits of using heat, not burn. So I'll, I'll, that was my background. I'll not try and talk for too long and uh, I'll lead into your next question. <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm curious, like as you were getting into cannabis, I mean, coming out of Lego and, and sort of big tobacco, obviously, you know, fairly established industries, big companies. As you were getting into cannabis, what did you notice about sort of the differences of where the industry was, you know, maturity, business practices? Uh, I'm always kind of fascinated about people kind of discover when they kind of transition into cannabis. Anything that sticks out to you in terms of early early understanding of the industry? Yeah, actually, it, I mean, there's a few things happening here. I mean, I think firstly to notice moving from toys into tobacco, firstly. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually had a, outside of Lego, I created a toy company as well with one of the co-founders of Amura as, as well called Matty Bickerton. And we were creating new toy technologies. So in the toy world, the cycles at retail are kind of 12 monthly. They need to have lots of new technologies hitting the shelf every yeah. single year. So our entire mindset was about developing new technologies and evolving them very rapidly. Uh, when getting introduced to the, the tobacco uh, world, I, I kind of joke that uh, the only the only evolution in tobacco had been the filter, you know. What would be, and I, that's, it's a joke because they've done so much work, and you know, the, the, yeah. there's so many aspects of it. But compared to where I was from, you know, I was kind of on fire with just coming up with loads of new ideas. I could see lots of new opportunities, new spaces. And then moving over into the cannabis space, it was interesting because that was that was quite. It was more similar to the toy world in the fact that there was many different technologies. And as I entered the space around eight years ago. I mean, firstly, looking at vaporizers, uh, there was so many different ones. You know, I, I actually, you know, bought and demonstrated to Big Tobacco over 200 different devices. Yeah, you've got to do research, quote unquote. Yeah, of course. So I, I would buy them. I'd literally take them all apart. I'd be testing them with consumers. You know, living and breathing these devices was kind of my, my large part of my job. And it was incredible because because these were developed kind of not underground, but without the, you know, the benefits of a massive backing like Big Tobacco would give them, the 
there was no yeah. there were no platforms per se. Everything was a standalone device, and all these standalone devices had really interesting kind of novelties and nuances, little stirring handles, little different temperature settings, just lots of really interesting quirks. And the way people had tried, tried to address, you know, specifically the heat not burn devices, different ways of heating the product up and d- different methods, you know, became ob- almost like an obsession to me studying the different methods of doing it. So that's why I was in an interesting position when developing Amura. We could do kind of pick and choose what we believe the best technologies for our particular platform were. Uh, and then on the other side of that, obviously, you know, coming into the cannabis industry around eight years ago, the just the explosion of new categories and products being developed. It was actually one of the one of the reasons that I started Amura up was I was studying the cannabis space and I was attending all the ArcView investor conferences as well and, and attending the webinars on Wednesday mornings to see all the new startups in the space. And there was so many different technologies in different categories that I was almost um, getting frustrated at the lack of innovation in the whole flower space. As, again, there yeah. was uh, whole flower vaporizers, but there was nothing that was actually going to be a new groundbreaking platform. And, and this is uh, obviously you know, where we came in. I could see also the uh, the IQOS product by Philip Morris, which stands for I Quit Ordinary Smoking. It had been launched in Japan when I was there, taking 20% of the Japanese tobacco market. Wow. It had been launched in 50-odd countries, and it was about to be launched in the US. And it was at that stage that I realized that there had to be a cannabis version uh, of a pre-filled uh, consumable in in the cannabis space. Yeah, yeah. And so let's let's just do a little bit of grounding for folks that maybe aren't as familiar with some of the details about heat not burn. What when we talk about heat not burn, what are we talking about? What are some of the kind of the the sort of the the science behind it, or at least the mechanics of of what it takes to do this and the variables that are in play in terms of creating these devices? Great question. Yeah, I mean, I think from the mechanics, it's, it it does what it says on the tin. It's very straightforward. You heat it literally rather than combust it. You know, when you combust a, a product, you obviously create a lot of other compounds. Uh, you know, certainly in the tobacco space, many of which can be carcinogenic. Whereas if you heat it, you just release the uh, basically the volatiles. So yeah. in, in the case of tobacco, you release nicotine. Um, so when we go across to, to cannabis, again, it's a very similar story. When we set fire to cannabis in a joint or a bong, we uh, we create a huge amount of smoke, which has got many different compounds in there, mm-hmm. whereas and it also releases the cannabinoids and the terpenes. But if you heat it as opposed to combusting it, you just release the vapor and not the smoke. So you're just releasing the cannabinoids and the terpenes, all of which you've got you know, very well-known boiling points. It is a science. And providing you take the, uh, the flower through that temperature, you will release the cannabinoids at their particular boiling points. So the yeah. end result is, firstly, you get a lot smaller volume of cloud. It's almost like a plume uh, of vapor compared to a cloud of smoke but this also means it's the efficacy uh, of consumption is much higher as well because when you breathe in this small plume of vapor you actually retain the majority in your lungs that's why you exhale a small amount because you can actually the bioavailability of vapor is is very good but if you compare that to to smoking a joint you actually breathe out a huge you know cloud of smoke and inside that cloud of smoke there's obviously a lot of you know terpenes and cannabinoids in there so you actually waste a lot through this, the the combustion process. Yeah, and how you know from a um, you know kind of a, a transformation of the can the THC. I mean, we have to you know everyone talks about decarbing their you know their marijuana before they make edibles and things like that because we need to convert it into into um, you know a digestible form. How in smoking it decarboxes the 
the product as part of burning it in heat, what what is the range or how does this process work in terms of decarboxylation in vaporizing? It's exactly the same, essentially. You know, you'll find when you set fire to something, it's the same in smoking a cigarette and a joint. It's actually like a few millimeters the other side of the, the heat source, i.e. the bit that's been lit, which is boiling off the, the, the volatiles. So it's actually the, the whole product is getting heated to a certain temperature, which decarboxylates the, the, the cannabis in a heat not burn uh, process. Whereas when you use combustion, as you draw the heat through the stick, it helps decarboxylate. Uh, compostulated throughout the process, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it does. So you get a, a full decarboxylation of the marijuana in a heat not burn scenario. Exactly the case, yeah. And it goes without saying that you get the full entourage effect when you use heat not burn as well. So, yeah. I mean, in this space, I mean, obviously we're not, I mean, we are groundbreaking in many respects, but there's been many companies out there prior to Amura that have used heat not burn, which has uh, validated, you know, the, the process, you know, the, the likes of the Stores and Bickle, Volcano, Crafty and Mighty, the uh-huh. Max device and, and many other devices in the space. It was actually, it was studying all of those devices that made me realize the, the huge desirability of heat not burning cannabis. And it was actually mind-blowing to me. There were so many people using these devices, but they had to go through this process or ritual, whichever way you want to phrase it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would uh, you'd have to buy your flour, you would have to grind the flour, and then you would manually have to fill an oven inside one of the devices. And obviously, you know, packing an oven, there's so much variability that can happen there. You know, the amount of flour that you put in, how much it's packed. And then you would often choose an incremental temperature and then when the process starts and the oven's heated up, you would breathe through the same mouthpiece every time. And after the session's finished, you would need to empty the oven with like a metal spatula and or a cleaning brush. And every 10 or 15 times, you would actually need to use rubbing alcohol in order to clean the, the equipment, the buildup of residues that had occurred of inside, you know, throughout the process. And for me, it was, you know, the fact that people would go through that process, you know, made me realize that we, you know, in order to go mainstream, you would need to create a product which eliminated all of those pain points. So if you look yeah. at the, uh, the Amura product, we've pre-filled the sticks with an exact an, uh, amount of flour. Also, in doing so, the creation of what I call a porous plug, which prevents the flour from falling out the stick. It's also got a known amount of draw resistance in there as well, which helps maintain the correct temperature. So that you put the stick inside the device with our new Series X device, the device starts automatically on, upon insertion, upon which a heat curve process starts. After you've finished the session, which is three and a half minutes, you simply throw the stick away. And there's a good, there's a few good things there. Firstly, you're throwing away the mouthpiece, so it's great for hygienic perspectives. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, because we use convection in our heating, there's actually no contact between the flour and the heat source. We're just pulling hot air through the stick. So we actually throw the stick away, and there's no cleaning of the, the oven required ever. We don't even supply a cleaning tool with that process. So essentially we eliminated all of those pain points. Yeah. It seems like there's a bunch of, like if you really wanted to geek out on how this works, right? There's, there's, yeah. How compressed is the product? How uniform is the heat source? Like what is that? You, you mentioned kind of the heat curve, like, or, you know, what temperatures are you going to at what point and for how long? Like, tell me a little bit about what you've learned over doing all this research, kind of the key factors that really make a successful product using this method. Yeah, thanks. It's uh, 
good question for me. We developed a filling technology. We worked initially with a number of other companies, but nobody could help us with a parallel wall stick. So we ended up developing the entire thing ourselves. And we basically, we needed to create a batch production process, which okay. would efficiently fill a large volume of sticks in a small amount of time, but it had to be very exact. And we need consistency throughout. Basically, we need to have the same amount of flour in every stick in order for the stick to perform, you know, it's optimal level. So yeah. perfecting the filling equipment was uh, one of the first things. Um, but the, the benefit of the system over any other system in the market in heat not burn is that we got the opportunity to optimize our oven, the heat curve and our device to perform perfectly with the stick. We knew the contents of the stick. We knew the size of the stick. We, so we could actually sculpt the duration of the session and create a heat curve, which takes us through all the boiling points of the cannabinoids. No other product in the market actually gets the opportunity to do that because the user fills the oven manually by themselves. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah, our our heat curve goes through a range of, well, from room temperature essentially, but the start of the session is around 320 and the the session completes around 430 degrees, which boils up all of the cannabinoids and the terpenes throughout that process. And one of the reasons we do that is because we don't want to get too hot too fast and have a bitter experience. But as we mentioned earlier, because you get all of the cannabinoids, uh, you do uh, experience the full entourage effect. Yeah, it, it's interesting to kind of... It's like designing the profile for the user experience, right? Like, where do you want to start? What do you want to finish with? How quickly do you want to move through that? What is what is the onset of some of these things? Talk to me about the, once it's drawn through the device, what have you learned about how people, like like how it actually, the, the onset of effect, the impact, you know, how, how, I guess, how is the device helping people have a better experience? Thanks, mate. Yeah, I think, I mean, firstly, we, as I've said already, we really want to simplify the process. We want to make it elegant, seamless, convenient. Uh, you know, as as I've said, you take the stick out of the pack and you put it in the device and you're ready. So, you know, that, that was the main goal, I think, of ours was to actually just make it a really convenient process. Also to make it very hygienic as well. You'll notice with heat not burn, you get a, you know, a very small amount of odor from it compared to, to smoking. So we, we made it very convenient and very hygienic as well. As for the onset and the effect, we only use a small amount of flour. It's like 0.15 of a gram in each stick. And, you know, it's easy for some people who are a heavy user or a hardcore stoner yeah. to say that it's, that's very light. But yeah. the, the, whole, the whole concept with Amura is if we kind of liken it back to prohibition where people would brew moonshine and get as drunk as they could on, on moonshine in a very small <laughs> amount of time. I, I kind of see that where cannabis is coming out of prohibition. And we've evolved, obviously, the, the alcohol industry into buying a nice bottle of wine and breaking it down by the glass. It's very much what we're doing with Amura. We're having sessions. We're not underground in the basement hiding from the law. We're out social with friends in a great environment with a beautiful device. And I'll have a flower stick and I will, you know, it will lift me up. You know, if I want another one, I'll have another flower stick and I'll have multiple flower sticks throughout the evening, more likened to drinking a glass of wine or drinking glasses of beer as opposed to getting as, as high as you can, as fast as you can. Yeah. And, um, you know, as you've sort of seen the market develop, I mean, how how does, you know, Heat Not Burn in general and your product specifically kind of fit with where the market is going, where customer demand is going, where kind of the, the cultural aspect of, you know, the 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 smoking experience or the consumption experience, how do you see this fitting into the trends? Yeah, it's, it, I mean, I actually, and obviously I'm biased, but I think we're in a, a perfect spot, at, you know, just before the right time, i.e. we're poised to be in the perfect position right now. 
I think, you know, in my mind, flour is king. I think it always has been. I think it will always will be. There's a lot of products out there. And there's many great products, don't get me wrong. But uh, obviously the popularity of vapes or the oils over the last couple of years, and, you know, it's been mind-blowing. But, you know, in my opinion, and certainly it's been acknowledged by many people outside of myself, is that, you know, a lot of these oil vapes have been adopted because people like the convenience and the, the hygiene, i.e. you can yeah. hit a vape pen really fast. There's not a huge smell necessarily, but it's just really convenient and hygienic. And there wasn't a, there wasn't a solution in the flower space. Obviously, you know, filling a volcano up and uh, taking, the bag on, <laughs> taking the bag on the road, you know, that's neither convenient nor hygienic. But uh, I'm kind of joking, but uh, that's what Amura is all about, is, is actually bringing the convenience and the hygiene from the vape you know, experience and giving it a whole flower experience. So now it is as convenient as doing that. And I think, you know, moving, there's a few things happened. Obviously, we had Vapegate last year or the year before. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of it's question, people question uh, really the uh, the provenance of the oils that they're inhaling. And it would have made many people, you know, probably rather go back to flour because they know it's a very simple, pure, natural product. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in that respect, you know, we can bring flour back to those who would have really preferred to consume flour in the first place. I think another th- thing is about the expanding market. Uh, obviously, you know, if you've never smoked before or you used to smoke previously, but you'd quit, the idea of if, if this new market of people moving into cannabis, the idea of you starting to smoke, I think, is really it's kind of bizarre in this day and age. I don't think people are starting to smoke anymore. So I think mm-hmm. this gives people the opportunity to consume whole flour without, you know, that, that smoking and combustion experience. So I think we're, we're really on trend there with opening up the new market. I also think coming out of COVID as well, apart from the hygiene of this single stick, you know, people are obviously questioning, you know, what they're inhaling. So I think the idea of, you know, either inhaling oils or potentially yeah. combustion, uh, I, I think it just makes, you know, Amura stack up very favorably and the whole category of heat not burn, uh, you know, in itself. Yeah. And who do you think is really a target for this? I mean, I, you kind of mentioned some of the kind of the um, kind of health and form factor and things like that. But as you look at this market, are there particular segments, categories, age groups, genders, things like that, that you, you think is really opt to uh, look at this kind of device or uh, your device specifically? There, there definitely are. Um, I mean, as you can see from looking at the device, we've kind of made it uh, gender neutral, and, but it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like sexy and it's definitely got you know female appeal. So, we're, you yeah. know, obviously this, the, uh, the cannabis market is skewed quite heavily towards males generally. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're certainly wanting to make, uh, you know, this gender neutral, if not have, you know, more female appeal even. So we, we definitely know we are appealing to more the female audience. We also know we're, we're appealing more to the older audience of people who have, you know, mm-hmm. want to consume cannabis for more health benefits and they see the benefits of the, uh, you know, the Amura system for doing that. That said, you know, there's, there's actually benefits for many people. You know, we sometimes find that the hardcore stoners, although they do find the experience quite light, they actually think it's a great product for on the go when they want to you know if they're traveling for example and they don't, they don't want to spark up a joint or if they're you know out for their lunch break and they don't want to get too stoned you know they say it's a nice kind of on the go product and then you know we get all sorts of uh i don't know about anomalies but people coming back to us saying the other day i was on a ski lift it was perfect 
you know, I couldn't light a joint, I couldn't do anything else. But having that, those three minutes of an Amura moment as I went up the, the ski lift slope. So basically, I, you know, I'm trying to say we've, quite, we've really got quite a broad appeal, but there are certain areas that we uh, appeal to more heavily. Now, it's probably a good time to mention that we're not a touching the plant company. We're obviously a technology company and a platform. So with our flower partners, you know, we work with THC partners who are obviously licensed throughout the US and globally. But because of the farm bill in 2018, we are allowed to produce hemp CBD products with less than 0.3% Delta 9 THC. So we do actually have a couple of our own brands, which are the uh, the, the hemp products. One which is Libertine, which is a bit more male-focused. It's mm-hmm. single-strain uh, hemp CBD. So it's very much like a cannabis product, but with obviously without the, ha- the you know the, the psychoactive high. Yeah. And then we have another line called Oriel, which is a bit more female-focused. It's very much a wellness product. Uh, a single strain CBD again, but we uh, we have three of the four SKUs. One of them's cut with chamomile, one's cut with lavender, and another one with peppermint. So it's it's got a really nice uh, kind of subtle undertone of those flavors, uh, maybe with an inferred effect from those particular herbs. Yeah. Fascinating. And talk to me about the technology. I mean, you mentioned, you know, a little bit of the form factor, the, you know, the heating element, the, you know, the single use cartridge. I mean, as you've kind of developed this platform, what have been some of the challenges? Where do you think you've really made some breakthroughs? You know, brag a little bit about some of the stuff you've done on, on, the, uh, on the tech side. Thanks, mate. I, I think, you know, at the core of it, developing an entire system, was it was quite a challenge, but we managed to, to achieve it in, in breakneck speed. But I think much of that is because we had many ideas being pent up and, you know, the seed had been planted, you know, a long time ago. Uh, and we were essentially bringing together, you know, multiple parts of, you know, the jigsaw puzzle from different industries and different technologies. So I think, you know, one of the main things, I think, to be able to create a filling machine, which actually fills 500 sticks in less than two minutes, that, that was actually quite an achievement. We decided to go batch production over automated production because it made more sense because of multiple strains, multiple brands, multiple states. So this, yeah. this filling machine was uh, really quite important kind of breakthrough in our technology and it's actually iteratively improving it all the time but it's actually proven to be an extremely efficient system that we're very happy with and then um, on from the device perspective we're actually on our second generation of devices we launched the series one originally a couple of years ago now uh, and it was actually very effective but we, we've done so much learning from you know the improvements that could be made with our series x device there's a few things we've improved. Basically, the form factor is beautiful now. We work with a, a very famous industrial designer called Michael Young, based out of Hong Kong. So we've basically we've changed the shape of vaporizers now. You know, this is obviously a very sleek looking unit, and it's, we've also included a charging dock with it as well. So it's always where you left it; it's always fully charged. Uh, these are a couple of important breakthroughs for us. From a technology perspective, we've had a couple of years now to really hone and optimize the device for our stick. So we've actually improved the stick, whereby we've actually gone from a three-ply to a two-ply, so we've minimized the wall thickness and given a little bit more space for flour inside. So the ratio of paper to flour is better in the new sticks, but the we've improved the oven and we've, we've optimized the oven to, to really accommodate the new stick, not just in its form, but also in its function. We've actually added new technology, which we've patented inside the Series X, which is a knitted wire filter, which actually acts as uh, uh, not just a heat buffer, 
but it stores heat after the coil. So we've got extremely constant airflow temperature throughout the session. And we have our thermocouple inside that knitted wire filter. So we, we always keep the, you know, basically the product at the exact temperature that we intended it. So basically it's improved in a few different ways. And that wasn't even mentioning the fact that we've removed the button now. Now we just have auto sensor of the stick um, insertion. So there's a few, quite a few things happening there, and we're we're working on some technologies that I won't mention at the moment for our next <laughs> uh, our next <laughs> generation. Yeah, something a surprise. <laughs> and how do, I guess how do you see this evolving? All right, because you've obviously spent you know a lot of time, energy, I'm assuming money, kind of build this platform. Um, you know, you've got your brand around it. Do you see this as a platform that you're going to license out to other brands so they can create, you know, their own kind of version of this, either, you know, using different flour and, and different, you know, formulations of, of uh, plant materials, you know, different form factors, like how, what is the future of this? Well, I mean, firstly, I think we see we definitely see it as a platform, and we see Omura the brand as the platform, and we see that as the the brand globally, very much like an espresso or a Keurig. We are the technology behind that experience. So this is what we're growing globally. But as from uh, you know from like a regional perspective, we totally embrace you know local knowledge, local talent. So you know the brands that we're working with, whether it's in the U- U.S. or throughout Europe, they've already got you know growth facilities and established branding with. Con- consumer you know knowledge so basically we, we we work with local growers or brand partners and it's all about their brand it's all about their flower you know in Europe we're just doing a pilot launch in Switzerland with a hemp CBD product uh, we've got a, a, a huge amount of interest actually throughout Europe because the the popularity of the IQOS product we're getting a lot of incoming inquiries at the moment and there's a lot of brands in Europe selling hemp CBD that actually want to get on our platform as well there's also other markets in, in the world and throughout Europe where we'll be able to sell empty sticks. Maybe they haven't got THC legal at the moment, but they, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a market for empty sticks. So we're, we're looking at that opportunity throughout the world as well. And then um, in the US, we'll, there's a, you know, we work with so many of the brands. We're about to launch, I, I think I can mention it, we were actually launched Caliva in California today. And that's going to mm-hmm. be huge for us because obviously they're, they're a really big brand. But we're yeah. also launching with some uh, some of the largest MSOs over the next few months. Just had the approval from the Department of Health to launch in New York. So there's a lot of things happening. But basically, the long answer to your your short question, uh, you know, we see Omura as a global platform, but totally embracing all local brands at every level. Yeah, yeah fascinating. Mike, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about Omura, what's the best way to get that information? Thank you. Yeah, our website is uh, obviously uh, www.omura.com uh, and we uh, you could follow us on Instagram as well. And uh, if you want to email me direct, you could get me at mikesimpson at omura.com. Great. I'll make sure that all that information is in the show notes so people can click through and get it. Mike, you, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Bruce, thank you. It's pleasure's been mine. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>